Amen. Absolutely. I'm preaching this morning on connections. Pastor Steve, I didn't hear a sermon till Saturday night and Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I said, God, what am I going to say? And once God told me roughly what I was going to preach, I later listened to Pastor Steve preach and I thought, wow, God has lined up the sermons in succession. Last week, Pastor Steve preached about Nehemiah and rebuilding a wall and how they had to lay a brick in one hand and hold a sword in the other. And he preached a lot about connections. Well, that was my title. So when I'm watching him in my living room, I said, you stole my title. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but that's how the Holy Spirit works. I want you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 5. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I want to make a statement very clear. Verse 1 to verse 3 is, is very important. It is not the launching pad of my message, I'm going to read a few more verses which are more pertinent to the point that I'm about to make. But I don't want to make this insignificant. Verse 1 to verse 3 is very important. Peter says, now that you've tasted the goodness of God, make sure that you start dealing with issues in your life. Everyone look at me for a moment. We are saved by grace. It is not my good works or how much I change that gets me saved. I was a dirty, rotten, miserable, smelly, bad attitude sinner. And God in his grace said, I'm going to love you anyway. We are saved by grace. Can I get an agreement? You can't earn it. I don't travel the world trying to get enough stars so that I'm good enough. I am saved by grace. End of story. But the same grace that saves me is the grace that will change me. Hello? And so once we're saved by grace, we want to use the grace of God to change and God will change you. You have to cooperate. You have to be willing. God will do the work in you. Just like Shahara and Bernard. And they're only one of thousands of testimonies in this church. We don't tell people's stories. The nitty gritty is their story to tell. This young couple recently asked Jesus in their heart. And yeah. Give them a round of applause. They'd come occasionally. Wesley is brothers with Bernard. They'd come occasionally. The kids like being in kids' church. It took mom and dad a while to sort this whole Christian Jesus thing out. Yeah. 
But they finally came to the place where they asked Jesus in their heart, maybe six, eight weeks ago. Would that be? Six months ago. Is it that long? Okay. Gee, we must be having fun. Time's going fast. And I got to tell you, I'm watching the change in their lives. I see the passion in your heart. I see it's real. You know, he, they were there Friday night, all excited. They're always sitting up the front. Listen, this is building the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about the king's kids. Every one of you are important to God. And people are growing. And that's what builds the church, and that's what builds the kingdom. Can I get an amen? amen. Verse 4. As you come to him, Jesus Christ, the living stone. Everyone say, Jesus, Jesus is, is the living stone. He is the foundation of our lives. Every house has to have a good foundation. He is the living stone. He is the rock of ages. He's who we stand on. That's why we make a big fuss about his name. He's everything. But Peter says, as you come to the living stone that was rejected by humans, today you're here. You are either here because you are a born-again Christian, you've asked Jesus Christ in your heart, or you're here because you're somewhat curious. You're here because maybe religion has taught you you have to go to a church. But religion isn't what Jesus came to promote. Relationship with God is what Jesus Christ came to promote. You could be religious and not have a relationship with Jesus. Peter says, Jesus is the living stone rejected by humans. If you're here today and you've never been born again like Jesus talked about, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and take control, if you don't have the excitement like you see on some of the faces here in this building, the question for you is, are you going to come to the living stone? Are you going to ask Jesus Christ in your heart? Or will you fall in rank and file with the many who by default... Just don't do anything about it. They are those who reject him. And as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are living stones. And so Peter's drawing the analogy, Jesus is the foundation of our lives, but he's a living stone. We build with bricks, we build with mortar, we build with inanimate objects. But God builds with living stones and he starts with Jesus who is the living stone and you and I are living stones just like him. Somebody give me an amen. You see, if Jesus is part of the structure of the kingdom of God, so are you meant to be a part of the structure of the kingdom of God. We don't just go to church. We are the church. 
For those of you that are new here, I'm not saying grace and faith is the church. No. You put a torch to the sign out the front that says grace and faith and burn it off the building. I wouldn't care less, except that I got to replace it. <laughs> but the name grace and faith doesn't make us Christians. It's putting our faith, our whole life in the hands of Jesus Christ and welcoming him to be involved in every aspect of who we are. Being born again is what makes us Christians. And the Bible teaches that each of us individually, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And that's why I say we don't go to church. This is a building. If we don't end up buying land for more parking one day, who knows, maybe we'll move to another building. When this building remains here without the congregation, there is no church. It's not the building. The building was not baptized with fire hoses. I now declare you are the church. It's the people inside the building who have asked Jesus in their heart. It is important that you understand that as an individual, you are the church of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? As an individual with Jesus in your heart, all of heaven backs you. You are that important. You are not an unknown entity. You are not a social security number. You are a child of the Most High. You are precious to Him. He knows how many hairs on your head. I've been making it easier for Him lately. He knows you. He loves you. Wants to be intimate with you. You are the church of Jesus Christ. And that is important. Why? Because Jesus said, the very gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And so hell might come against you, and it might ram you, and it might buffet you, and it might harass you. It might even mess up your hair, but I won't do that today. It might lay a few punches on you, but the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. You are the church of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe it, give him a hallelujah or something. Heaven backs you. Heaven believes in you. Heaven needs you. So it's very important we understand that as individuals, Ron, why don't you ever sit there? I could have a lot of fun with your beard. I mean, I could crack Santa Claus jokes and everything. Next week, Dave, you're sitting there. Juan, you're sitting there. I'm kidding. That'd be a nice change. You know, <laughs> he doesn't have a problem with that. <laughs> that was a good one, Dave. <laughs> All right. It is important that we as individuals understand we are the church of Jesus Christ. You are important. You are an individual. You're not faded away in the masses. God cares about you. Your life is integral to him. That's why the Bible starts this whole plan of salvation with this. God so loved James. 
I know your name. Didn't forget. Why? People matter. Every drop of blood Jesus shed, he didn't shed it for an unknown entity. He knew your fingerprints. He knew the day you would be born. He knew every crappy thing you went through in life, and he cares about you, and he loves you. God so loved the world. You are the church. But we are the church. Together. Watch what Peter says because it's very important. It says, as you come to him, the living stone, verse 5, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Listen, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost as individuals. But Peter is writing to the church, and he says, you, plural, it is a compound plurality. You, as a group of people, are living stones, and you, as a group of people, are being built into a spiritual house. You are, as an individually, automatically the temple of the Holy Ghost. But we collectively are being built into a spiritual house. You know why we're being built? Because sometimes he has to take some sandpaper and knock off the rough edges to get the stones to fit together. Are you hearing me? We're being built. The moment you get born again, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes to live inside you. But we as people are being built into a spiritual house. Why? To be a holy priesthood. A priesthood isn't one. A priesthood. A priest is one. A priesthood is a congregation of priests. Are you hearing me? Peter is talking about the local church. And he says, you are being built uh, into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. The same way I go away to preach to preachers, I'm preaching to preachers here. You're called whether you're a carpenter, whether you're an electrician, whether you are a technician, whether you are an artist, a marketer, whatever you do in the field of industry and labor, every one of you is called to be a preacher of Jesus Christ. If nothing else, a preacher by the high standards you live by. If nothing else. I don't want to be on the same grumble lane to the water cooler as everybody else I walk with, work with. I want my conversation to be different. It's easy to complain. It's easy to tell everyone why you're not happy. It takes a strong individual to look for the positive and to remain positive and to be an example to disgruntled people. Hello? But it says that you and I, individuals as temples of the Holy Ghost, we are being built 
together into a spiritual house so that we can be a congregation of priests offering spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Pastor Carlos, we still have that problem. I clicked. And it seems to happen every time I'm around here. But anyway, I want you to see something. These are living stones. If we use the analogy Peter is using, Jesus is the living stone. It's not a building of concrete. It's a building of living people. God is building a house of living people. The local church is a house of living people. And if you're going to build, I could take this block and put three blocks directly on top of it. Take this block, put three blocks on top of it. Take this block, put three blocks on top of it. I have nine bricks here, nine blocks. So I could do three independent rows and I could lean on it and it would fall easily. The strength of this structure is that they are interlaced. This brick lies over the seam of these two bricks, and this brick lies over the seam of those two bricks, and the seam of these two bricks is resting on this solid brick. You see, the strength is because they are built together. They have connection. They are interwined. They are intertwined, rather. They are dependent on each other. If I were to take out this middle brick, and I won't try to right now, these two bricks will be weakened because they don't have the support of this brick. Here in America, we live so independently. Well, you know, I don't have to do anything. You're right. But there are certain things God calls us to. And the Apostle Paul says, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. It is important. We are living at a very dangerous time in history. America is extremely vulnerable. I don't care about your politics. I don't care who you believe in. What I believe is this, that there is more power in the church of Jesus Christ than what we're willing to take accountability for. And we need to change our attitude. We need to change our thinking. We are the answer. Stop looking to man to be the answer. I don't care what team is carrying the ball. They are made up of men who are fallible and they often drop the ball in progress. They cannot change the hearts of one American. They can make policies, yes. I am not telling you to vote. I encourage you to vote. I don't care what side you're on. You better make sure that the, uh, the people you're voting for line up with biblical principles or, of course, we're going to have anarchy. Are you hearing me? I'm not preaching against politics. I'm preaching against the fact that Americans pin all their hope on who's going to win the election. You know who God's pinning his hope on? He's pinning his hope on his sons and daughters. In Romans it says, the earth is groaning in anxious expectation for the next Republican. The earth is groaning and moaning in anxious expectation for the next Democrat. No, 
It says the earth is groaning in anxious expectation for the revelation of the sons of God. I don't know about you, but that's me. We are the sons of God. And we're building a nation by building couples and restoring marriages and building families and healing individuals. Come on, Lewis. Say it again. We've treated the church like a country club. Oh, let me see what activity I'll go to. And we are like individuals stacked up rather than interconnected. Here's the problem with being interconnected. I have to rub shoulders with him. And this guy's gonna smell my dirty feet. You see, we get too close to each other. There's always the risk that people will find out something about me that they may not like. And do you know what? The Holy Spirit will bond us together. We need to get rid of all of our make-believe. We need to be really honest and transparent. And we need to relearn something that our forefathers knew a lot about and this society knows little about, and that's called relationship. Relationship is not something you do on a cell phone. Relationship is something you do face to face. You actually look at the other person and there's no screen in between you. You break bread and have a meal, grab a cup of coffee. You laugh, you joke, you open up your heart. You find a friend that you can share with. Listen. The church of Jesus Christ is meant to be the epitome of relationship. I love the fact you're here today, you're sitting in these seats. I love that. But what I love even more is when you're sitting in the seats, but you're starting to get interconnected with each other. Connection. He is building a spiritual house. I preach a lot about the kingdom of God. How does the kingdom of God show up? How does it manifest itself? It shows up and manifests itself through the local church. This is an excellent church. And there are many excellent churches in Tampa Bay. No way in the world am I ever saying this is the only church or the best church. No, this is a very good church. It's an excellent church. There are excellent people here. And this church deserves to be built up because what's here and what's offered here isn't offered in a lot of places. Amen. And more people need to experience a church that believes in miracles, a church that believes in casting out devils, a church that believes in healings, a church that believes that the power of God is as much for today as it was in the book of Acts. Can I get an amen? If we're really going to be the body of Christ and each one of us is a member of the body, isn't it interesting the analogies, the analogies that 
are in the Word. God is building living stones into a spiritual house. Interconnection relationship. If I pull out this stone, this, these two stones will be weakened because that's part of their foundation. And this stone will be weakened and this stone will be weakened because they are mortared to this guy. And if he just decides to go AWOL, it actually affects the structure of other stones. And these two stones are actually held in place by the mortar that binds them to this guy. You are important in the integrity of the building of the spiritual house. You're interlocked. And so I want to ask you a question. Are you a living stone that's being built into connection with other living stones? Because that's how God builds a spiritual house. That's the analogy he makes. Here's another analogy. We are the body of Christ. One is a hand, a left hand, a right hand, a right foot, a left foot, a kneecap, an eye, a, 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 a nose, a kidney, a liver, a heart, a lung, fingers, a mouth. Belinda? It's all right, I won't jump on you. My right hand has relationship with my left hand. And they often do things together, and I get more done when my left hand comes to help my right hand. And that only happens because my right hand has relationship with my brain. And my left hand has relationship with my brain. They are connected through nerves and neurons and muscles and tendons. And they are connected through uh, mental pathways. And my legs and my knees, they are all in agreement. And so when I want to go from A to B, my whole body has to say yes to the central station. And when all of us are connected to each other and we're working in agreement and we say yes to the central station, the kingdom of God is being manifested through the local church. Last year, we sent a thousand shoe boxes to I think five different nations a thousand each shoe box cost us now the shoe boxes were filled with brand new clothes uh, top and bottom some boxes were for boys some for girls each shoe box had a pair of shoes and then it had some little gifts and toys and school supplies as well uh, I don't remember, Pastor Steve, do you remember how much each shoe box is? Just to ship is $10. I think overall the cost to this church is like $20 per box, $10 in shipping and handling. And so, you know, take 1000 and times that by 20 what do you got? $20,000. Why would we do that? Because we're building the kingdom of God. Every one of those shoe boxes goes in the hand of a child and they hear the gospel. They are gathered together in third world countries, in little areas, and the gospel is preached to them and then they do a discipleship class for seven lessons. Why do we do it? So that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ.
When the church isn't just individual, I'll go if I want, I'll show up when I want, uh, you know, I don't want anyone getting too close. Well, guess what? You don't get too close, you never stand the chance of being built into a local spiritual house which could be the extension of the kingdom of God in that area. If this church, if you're a visitor and it's not what you're looking for, I get it, that's fine. But for everyone who has found commonality here, let's connect. Let's let the Holy Ghost join us together. Let's do effective things. We've set a goal to raise another, uh, to send another thousand boxes. My goodness, we have a roof that leaks. You should be here when it's raining. We got buckets all over the place. Our offices, <laughs> we've got to run dehumidifiers all the time. It's over $100,000 to replace this office. Why in my stupid brain would I send $20,000 worth of merchandise over the, overseas? Because the church is not a building. The church is people. People being born again and rescued by the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on. Come on. So Peter says you are living stones. So here's my question. Are you a living stone built into a spiritual house or are you an independent stone? Here's the problem with independent stones. Have you ever driven on the highway? Have you ever driven on a highway through the mountains? Have you ever seen a sign that says, beware falling rocks? You see, the problem with being an independent individual, I'm doing my own thing, is that you're perched there somewhere on the mountain of the Lord, but you are not interconnected. And it is a lot easier to pull one stone off the mountain than it is to pull a stone out of something that is built together and mortared together. Come on. And here's the problem with independent stones. Independent stones will be subject to the possibility of becoming a rolling stone. Peter says you're living stones, not rolling stones. We got too many rolling stones in the church. You see, what happens is you're riding along the highway in a mountainous area and the ecology, the landscape is damaged because when one stone decides to leave the hillside and it's not in interconnected, it starts to create disruption in the soil and other stones come loose and other stones start to follow. And before you know it, you have an, an avalanche of independent stones that are not knitted together, not built together, not cemented together, and they create a catastrophe that not only affects the ecology and the environment, but it affects human beings underneath. Rolling stones have the potential to be a casualty. If we take the word of God literal and his analogies, we really are the body of Jesus Christ and we're meant to be the bride of Christ. And one is a finger and one is a thumb and one is a hand and one is an elbow and one is an arm and one is a knee joint and one's a liver, one's a kidney, one's a heart, one's a lung, one's a mouth, one's an ear. Together, these are literal 
analogies that God gives in his word and every analogy shows the church interconnected. Amen. I'm going to close with one last scripture. If I could have Acts chapter 2. And it says this was the pattern of the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs and the miracles happening in people's lives performed by the apostles. Verse 44, all the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Verse 46, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They met in the temple and they met in their homes. And they broke bread. Do you know that breaking bread is communion? But do you understand that communion is the celebration of a covenant? A legal covenant God made with us. And when we got saved, we made a legal covenant with him. And that covenant of breaking bread is a covenant between God and us and us and God and us and each other because we are the bride of Christ. Let's go to the list. In that verse, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We started connect groups so that in the connect groups, we take a Sunday morning sermon and in a group of half a dozen people, we say, well, what spoke to you in that message? And each person starts to open up and share what they got. And not everyone gets the same revelation. So everyone starts to become like a little preacher in a safe little group meeting in a safe little house. And you start to share your experience and you share yours and you share yours. And suddenly the person who shared their experience, this is what I got, suddenly is hearing three other versions of the message and they're getting even more. And you know what else? As we discuss what was preached, now as we discuss it, I'm taking ownership. I'm saying this is what I got out. And as we discuss it and we talk about it and we interact, it's becoming part of us. Because the truth is, no matter how well I preach, you will only uh, retain a percentage. The word of God needs to go deeper in our lives. Look at me, everyone, look at me. We are at a critical time in the history of this nation. We are at a critical time in the history of this world. Never before have humanity had the potential to literally destroy and blow up the planet. We are living in crazy times. The America we live in today is not the America of 40 years ago. And I don't mean because of the advancement of technology. People's morals, people's 
understanding of family and honor and commitment is totally gone. Today, we have become fascinated with technology. Kids have relationship with a, a video screen. We've lost the art of communication. I remember when my kids were small, I refused to have dinner around the TV. I refused it. I said, no, we're going to sit around the table. You're going to tell me what happened at school. We're going to talk. We're going to laugh. We're going to share our bad times. When we break bread, we are a family connecting with each other and talking. You know what happens today? Family goes out to the restaurant and every kid's got their own iPhone and everybody's away in another world and nobody's connecting. It is a demon I'm not saying that it's wrong to have technology, but it is a subtle strategy to break the most important ingredient of humanity and that is relationship. There is no humanity without relationship. And the church is the one place where relationships should happen. And so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to, to uh, uh, breaking bread, to, to prayer. Uh, they met in the temple and they met in the homes. How do we build the kingdom of God? By allowing him to build us together into a spiritual house. I'm not saying we are the kingdom of God by ourselves. Rubbish. I'm not that stupid, nor am I arrogant. There are many good houses of worship that honor Jesus Christ. But this is also a very, very good one. And what's here needs to be spread to more and more places. Can I get an amen? And so as the church of Jesus Christ, I want to bring to your awareness, not only are you the church individually, but Paul says, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Why? Because we are a church as individuals, but if we remain individuals, we'll be rolling stones that will cause an avalanche. But when we as individuals, living stones, come together and we allow the Holy Ghost to build us intertwined with one another, we hear each other's pain. We feel each other's joy. We laugh with each other. We cry with each other. When one is hurting, somebody else cooks a meal. Look, this is what the church is meant to look like. Stand up, Ryan. Here, hook in with my arms. Stand up, Lynn. Hook up, come here. Grab my hands. This is there, good girl, stand up. Good, good, good. Grab his ear. Let me grab that hand, there you go. We're connected, we're connected. Pull us apart. If I'm standing by myself, it's easy to push me around. Pull us apart. You see, we're going to fight for each other. We're going to stand with each other. You sneeze, I'm going to know about it. You're hurting, I'm going to know about it. You're in the hospital, I'm going to care. You see, as a church, we must be connected. Otherwise, we're still an institution. The church of Jesus Christ was never meant to be an institution. It is the living, breathing, threat-breathing body of Christ to the kingdom of darkness. Come on. Thank you, Donna. Show them how to do it. Absolutely. We want to live in an America, thank you, sir. We want to live in an America that encourages our individuality. Every one of those bricks, 
has a unique structure and is vitally different than the other. You can be an individual and still be part of a building that is built together. I think the local church has been mistreated. We look for our superheroes. We look for the televangelists, the YouTube phenomenon. Listen to me. We measure success the way the American world does. And God measures success differently than how America measures success. In America, if it's rich, if it's got 20,000 followers, if it's big, if it's grandiose, if it's all over the media, it must be successful. I want to tell you, the devil's all over the media. He is successful in a demonic way, but it's not God's kind of success. We are coming to a crisis point in this nation. And whether you believe it or not, it's not your vote that will change America. It's your prayers that will change America. It's not who's in the White House that will change marriages and change people and heal the brokenness in a man and heal the brokenness in a woman so that they could come together. It's not who's in the White House that's gonna fix the real America. America isn't the land, America is the people. And the only thing that will heal America, the people, is Jesus Christ working through his church. I love the fact that Americans are into the politics of their nation. Other nations aren't that much well into it. But I de detest the fact that we carry on about politics in the church as if that's the answer. Vote and make sure who you vote for stands against things that God says is immoral. I don't care what side of the fence they're on. If they believe in things that the Bible says is wrong, cross them out. But more than how you vote is how much you interconnect with the body of Christ and become a stable, reliable piece of the structure of the kingdom of God so that the integrity of the kingdom isn't compromised. Would you stand with me? Do we have someone coming to the piano? Thank you, Izzy. Mm -hmm. My wingman. You could start, Izzy. Give him some sound. Listen to me, church. Jesus is the chief living stone chosen by God but rejected by men. So my first question is, how do you reject Christ? The mere fact that you never make him the God of your life, the mere fact that you live your life 
do your thing. You've never come to a place where you said, God, I, I know you're, there's a creator. And I believe in you. And I believe you love the world and you died for us. By giving him time, by giving him head space, by giving him heart space, by saying, Jesus Christ, I can't do it. I don't want to do it on my own. I want you. I need you. Jesus, God in the flesh, I'm asking you, come into my life. I'm messed up. I'm broken. I'm screwed up. And even when I'm good, I need you in my life. That's called being born again. The Bible says that when we literally ask God to come into our lives, the same way we were born the first time, we are reborn spiritually. Going to a building or being baptized in the name of a religion does not make you born again. The choice to throw your life into Jesus' hands. The choice to let Jesus Christ literally become a part of your everyday living is what causes us to be born again. This message is about connection. And the first way we need to connect is with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And to those of you who have never asked Jesus in your heart, maybe you grew up Catholic, maybe you grew up Grace and Faith, maybe you grew up Baptist, maybe you grew up Lutheran, maybe they sprinkled you, maybe they even spray painted you. I don't care what they did to you. Did you ask Jesus to come into your life? Maybe you did when you were younger and you walked away and that's like a thousand years ago and there's so much crud in your life between when you were a kid and the decision you made and where you are now. Then it's time to make that decision to come back to Jesus Christ. With every eye closed right now, I'm talking to you as an individual. In fact, the Holy Ghost is talking to you right now. If you fall into that category, you've walked away, you need to come back, put your hand up. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, come on, all across this auditorium, raise your hand. I see that hand up the back. Thank you, sir. You can put it down. Who else? Raise your hand and say, I want to come to Jesus and let Jesus be the Lord of my life. Thank you. I see that hand. S sir, you can put it down. Who else wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? I want to come back to you. I want you to be my Lord. I want to live with you. I want you to live inside me. Who else today is feeling the Spirit of God pulling on your heart? Just raise your hand. Come on. For those of you that raised your hands, there's another hand. Yes, I see that. Thank you. Awesome. Several people are responding. I want everyone to repeat this prayer, but especially if you raise your hand today, we're going to do it in choir with you, but God's hearing you because you raised your hand. Church, repeat after me. Everyone, repeat after me. Dear God, I thank you. You know me. 
you understand me. And you still love me. Thank you. God, I need you in my life. Jesus Christ, I believe you are God in the flesh. And you came to this world for me. Jesus Christ, I accept you. I invite you to come into my heart today. I need you. Jesus, I've sinned. I've screwed up. I've made mistakes. A lot of them. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Forgive me. Clean up the mess. And I'm asking you to live in me. And live through me. So I can live for you. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you for receiving my broken life. I trust you with what I have left. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The second point of connection, you are a living stone. Do you just come or do you participate? Are you being built into a spiritual house? You see, I'm not looking for people to preach to. The reality is what I'm really looking for is a force of born-again believers committed and connected and willing to move at a moment's notice and to make an impact through prayer, through worship, through lifestyle, and through evangelistic things that we do. How does the kingdom of God manifest itself on earth? It manifests itself through the local church. Are you a living stone built into a spiritual house or are you a rolling stone? I want to be committed. Thank you for your service. Do you understand? You created and did all the groundwork for families to come together in a Christian environment, no swearing, no cursing, no uh, innuendos in the jokes, to have clean family time at a very cheap, inexpensive rate, eating pizza, having dessert, and spending quality family time together. My God, do you know how rich a commodity that is? Families don't know how to do things together anymore. That was just one little thing this part of the kingdom did, and you headed it up, according to Pastor Amy. Thank you for being part of the answer. Amen. We have connect group leaders. This week alone, we launched 15 connect groups. We're about to add more, but I need more living stones connected. Roll the video quick, Pastor Carlos. I am encouraging you 
to find one of those faces on your website or take this card and take a picture of the cue card and it'll give you a link and take you to the web pages. We have connect group leaders of different colors, different ages, different cultures, different themes. We have young adults. We have older adults, just as important. Uh, we have all kinds of groups. But this is where we connect and we get looked after. This is where our protection is. I am my brother's keeper. If you're not in a connect group, I'm going to wonder why, and it's easier to look for you and say, hey, Belinda, where are you? Oh, listen, I, I came down with the virus, or my mom's in hospital. Now a group knows, and they become your care group, and they start praying, and the word gets passed on to the pastors. Now the pastors more effectively can do their job. You see, as we are growing as a crowd we don't want to lose individuality. And in connect groups, young marrieds, young families, young adults, all sorts of groups, we're there to laugh with you, we're there to pray with you, we're there to cry with you, we're there to stand with you. We are coming into very dangerous times. Look at me, I'm telling you, we're coming into dangerous times. If the church is going to stand, we can't be splintered. We need to get connected. That's how the early church grew. They overthrew the Roman Empire and they never had a civil war. They overthrew the Roman Empire and only one person had to die. And his name was Jesus Christ. This is the pattern of the early church. The modern church, quick in and quick out. We don't want to know too much about the other person. The problem is God asked Cain, the first sin between two human beings, the first sin of relationship, two brothers. And when Cain killed his brother, Abel, God says, where is your brother? It's a murderous spirit. It's an envious spirit. It's a lying spirit. It's a, a, a judging spirit, a resentful spirit that says, I'm not my brother's keeper. And that's how we've learned to live in the United States of America. Me, myself, and I. And Jesus said, no, the world is God, your neighbor, and yourself. And the first sin of broken human relationship was a spirit of murder. And when you're not your brother's keeper, you've started to murder the very fabric of what God intended for humanity and what he intended for the church. We're not independent of each other. We need to be dependent on each other and with each other in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. If you're a first time visitor, come have coffee with me. Cheesecake Factory Cheesecake. The best Danishes. Why do we do it? 
No, I don't need to get fat. In fact, I won't eat one thing. Why do we do it? Why do we spend the money? Because relationship, eye to eye, hand to hand, embracing one another. So important to bring relationship back to society. We are people and we are only human when we have relationship with each other. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Everybody matters. Everybody matters. I love the fact, look at the diversity. So many different colors, so many different shades, so many different cultures. It's phenomenal. I love this. There's only one thing that'll make this better. The only thing that makes better a congregation filled with all different colors and races and cultures is when all those people start meeting together in houses and they start connecting. And then you can say, the body of Christ really is one. Amen. I pray that God will be with you all week. I pray that you will experience more and more of Jesus and His Holy Spirit. I pray that your passion for God will grow stronger and stronger. I pray that the, the forces of darkness who come against your mind and your emotions and the forces of darkness who try to keep you in a minimalist place because they tie up your finances. I pray that the works of darkness will be broken off your lives. I want every one of you to be able to boast about God's blessing. I want every one of you to be able to testify about breakthroughs in the Holy Ghost. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ. Let's come together in the temple and in house to house. Let's come together and have fellowship and break the bread of covenant. This is the pattern of the church that overthrew the Roman Empire. It's Jesus in the church that will change the world, not the man who's in the White House that will change the world. Father, bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.